This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This podcast is brought to you by Midland Radio USA in Kansas City, Missouri. New to the lineup for Midland is the MXT 275, which we use on a regular basis in all of our rigs. We have been super happy with these units and highly recommend them to the Overlander looking to upgrade to a super reliable communication system. The Midland MXT275 MicroMobile 15 Watt GMRS two-way radio features a fully integrated control microphone ideal for vehicles with limited dashboard space allowing for the radio base unit to be stashed away. Transmit with authority on 15 GMRS channels and 8 repeater channels. The MXT275 is equipped with a NOAA weather scan plus alert technology to keep you informed on local weather conditions. It also features a powerful new USB-C charging port allowing for the quickest charge time, including cell phones and handheld radios. Exclusive to Anderson Overland listeners, receive 15% off when you use promo code ANDERSONPODCAST on all items now at MidlandUSA.com. Welcome to the Anderson Overland Podcast. Welcome once again, everybody. Thank you for being here. Welcome to the Anderson Overland Podcast, episode number four. I'm Joey Anderson, your guide host for the next 30 minutes or so, and uh, I really appreciate you guys being here. So really enjoy doing this. The response has been overwhelming, actually, and um, I'm really stoked to keep uh, providing this this podcast to you guys, all my crazy stories and the lessons learned and all the, the fun stuff that we get to do out on the trail, and, and um, it's just a, a good time, so uh man the last two weeks have been absolutely insane for us uh some of you guys that have been listening uh know that my my son was supposed to have surgery last wednesday the 23rd the uh sunday right before that my daughter started getting sick and we kept her from going to summer camp which she was supposed to be at while we were in vegas at bodie's uh surgery uh date 
And um, we left her with my in-laws and, you know, because we had everything scheduled for the surgery and we wanted to make sure that we got up there and got this behind us because the anticipation has been killing us. So we got up to Vegas, prepaid for our hotel at the uh, good old Trump International Hotel in Vegas for the week. And uh, we're pretty, um, you know, anxious and stressed and just wanted to get this over with. And uh, we stayed there the first night, which was Monday night, Um, had a pre-op appointment that day. And uh, that night went to sleep, woke up the next morning, Tuesday, and we were all sick, just like our daughter. So poor thing, got it. And then, uh, you know, we got it too. So uh, such is life. So yeah, that put a kibosh on everything. Obviously, we had to cancel the surgery and um, go home and get better. So we left and went back home. <laughs> and we've been spending the last week or so uh, sicker than a dog and you can kind of probably hear my voice. I apologize. I'm probably still a little bit congested. Uh, I'm still trying to get over this whole thing, uh, but we're good. We uh, just had a head cold allergy sinus sinus thing going on. And uh, so we're good though. Uh, luckily I had the time off of work already and was able to stay home and, and uh, get my, my family better. And, and Bodie's doing good. And now we're just kind of anticipating again more of this uh, surgery stuff. So we're just waiting for another date and uh, we're going to go from there. So like I said, the anticipation and stress has been absolutely killing us. And um, I really appreciate all the prayers and messages and texts and everything you guys have been sending us. It's been great and uh, really keeping our chin up and, and helping out a lot. So today, um, like I said, you guys, obviously, uh, you know, with the last weeks of stress, I have not had time to really put together another interview. Um, just haven't been in the right uh, mindset to do that or uh, the ability to come up with the content that I uh, you know, want to provide you guys. So today I'm going to talk about our experiences in Colorado. Um, we've spent a lot, a lot of time out in Colorado, and we absolutely love that place. I mean, love it enough to look at property to buy out there. A little bit too far of a drive for us, so we ended up not doing that, but we we might in the future. I don't know. We'll see. I've got a lot of family history in Durango and Silverton, uh, Colorado. My my mom was born in Colorado. Um, you know, my my grandmother, uh, my great grandmother. Everybody is is from the Durango area. My great grandfather was um, train engineer for the Durango Silverton Railroad. He worked for that company for I believe forty five years. I have his forty five year pin, which is a gold pin that you get from the company. Um, that was given to me, which is super special. Um, but I think he, he worked there longer than that. That was just his 45 year anniversary pin. Um, so we have a lot of history in Silverton, Durango, that, that railroad was put there, uh, for the gold rush actually to, um, cart miners back and forth to Durango and gold ore and those kind of things. At one point, they were doing like a million dollars a day out of Silverton. Just an incredible, incredible amount of ore uh, taken out of that earth up there. And if you've ever been to Silverton, Uray, Telluride, any of those places around there, Lake City, you you know the amount of old mines and buildings and mill sites and everything is just absolutely incredible. If you have not been to that area, I highly suggest that you go there. 
Between Silverton and Uray, uh, which is another favorite spot of ours, uh, we spent a lot of time in Uray, Telluride, and Silverton. Up in Uray, uh, between those two cities, actually, between Uray and Silverton, there's a, a road, a highway called the Million Dollar Highway. Um, it costs a million dollars to make. It's, uh, I believe it's Highway 550. It's one of the most dangerous stretches of highway in the United States, actually. The, the, there's a stretch between Uray and Silverton where there's no guardrail. And they have avalanches and uh, and stuff all the time. They actually have tunnels along that highway that have ramps over the tunnels so that the, the avalanches just slide right over the roadway. Probably about a, I don't know, I would say maybe 500 to 800 foot drop um, on part of that highway. Uh, probably 500 at least on most of it. And they don't have guardrails, I heard, because they have to have a place to push the snow in the wintertime to get it off the highway. So they just push it off the side of the highway. But man, I'll tell you what, I can't imagine driving an RV or anything up that, that stretch of road. I've driven, you know, my Toyota 4Runner, my FJ, and, and uh, um, that's uh, enough for me. So pretty intimidating, actually. But the, the 4x4ing, the scenery, the hiking, the, uh, the fishing, everything up there is absolutely the most incredible. I mean, just, just insane. I, I can't even put it into words. I, I'm trying to fight for words to, to describe it to you. But the reason that we ended up there recently up to Uray, I actually had never been to Uray before. And the reason that we ended up up there was we went to an event called the FJ Summit um, in 2017. And what happens is it's a it's all Toyotas. And uh, we brought our FJ Cruiser up there the first year. Um, they have vendors and dinners and raffles and the whole nine yards. It's freaking awesome. There's hundreds and hundreds of people that show up to this. And, uh, and then they take uh, everybody on guided trail tours uh, for like an entire week up there. And you go to places like Last Dollar Road, Animus Forks, which is an old, uh, like fully intact old mining town with all the buildings still there. Kind of like Calico Ghost Town, if you've ever been out there, or Oatman Ghost Town, which is out towards uh, where I live in Arizona. Also is the Alpine Loop, which is a super rad, easy trail that just, you know, uh, hugs the mountain peaks up there above Uray and you're, I mean, you're hitting peaks that are 13, you know, 12, 13, 14,000 feet. Um, I think within like 15 miles of Silverton, there's like seven of, uh, Colorado's like 53, what they call 14ers, which are 14,000 feet above elevation. But yeah, there's Alpine loop, uh, engineer pass, which is just an incredible place. Um, you just feel like you're just above everything you're going up these shelf roads up and over these peaks and dropping into these valleys and they're just mining runes and stuff everywhere there's another road called yankee boy hill which goes from uray out into uh imogen pass imogen pass is one of the the gnarliest places i've ever been i mean it's you know not so gnarly as far as four-wheeling but just like the terrain up there and just you know, how people lived up there and worked up there is just, it's unreal. Um, you have to experience this once in your life. There was one time we were in this, going up this pass of shelf roads um, called Corkscrew Gulch. And it was the first year we were there. We were actually coming down Corkscrew Gulch in a thunderstorm. And it's uh, a lot of it is clay or turns into clay and like mud um, when it gets uh, rained on. And we were coming down this 
this uh, gulch and um, down these like switchbacks actually on this this mountain face. And I probably have not been so white knuckled in my life holding on to the steering wheel. It was pretty hairy, actually. Pretty safe, um, unless you're in a, a thunderstorm up there, and then it, it gets pretty gnarly. If you scroll down through our Instagram page, you'll probably see some pictures of, of Corkscrew Gulch, Image and Pass. Uh, there's another pass called Ofer, um, which is really, really pretty. It's kind of a one-way road up just these huge rock gardens, um, just these big slopes of just shale and stuff. Um, got caught in a thunderstorm at the top of that one actually too. We had to stop and pretty crazy, but, uh, yeah, Red Mountain Pass. There's just, gosh, there's endless, uh, cinnamon pass. Gosh, I can't think of all of them, but one of my favorite ones up there is Imogen. It goes from, like I said, you take up Yankee Boy Hill Road all the way up to the, the the trailhead there. You go through this river, and then it starts snaking up through the mountains. That is just an amazing trip. A little bit of challenging 4 by 4 up there, but nothing too crazy. Anyone can pretty much do it, um, but it's it's uh, it can be intimidating if you're not used to it. Um, but it's really cool. It drops you down into Telluride, and what we usually do is we'll pack up camp and hit the trail, go up and over Telluride and uh, over Imogen Pass into Telluride. And then um, there's a really cool hotel in Telluride that you can get off season for pretty decent price. I think we paid like 280 a night or 300 a night. But if you go with, you know, a group of people and, you know, get your costs down. We usually go with Robin's brother and, and we both chip in and get a couple nights there just to, you know, get out of the, the wilderness for a couple nights and into a pool. And they have a slide and just a pool that you can swim in and outdoors in. It's a pretty incredible place. And it sits in the Telluride upper mountain village of the resort there. Just beautiful. Kind of like Mammoth Village, if any of you guys are familiar with Mammoth Lakes. It kind of has that feel. Um, but the Peaks is just a, a, like a five-star hotel. It's insane. In the wintertime, they have like um, hella skiing and stuff. And they have helicopters that land right behind the hotel, pick people up. It's it's pretty crazy. Also from that hotel area, there's another road called Last Dollar Road. And it hugs the north end from Uray up and around. You go up through Ridgeway and then... Um, it connects up there uh, north of Uray, and then you can take it all the way into Telluride or back from Telluride. Um, and that's a really beautiful, beautiful drive too. Lots of really scenic vistas and 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 shelf roads and like Oprah Winfrey and Kevin Costner and like Tom Cruise have have ranches up there. It's it's absolutely nuts. So if you guys have not been through there yet, I would highly recommend it. You know, we've had a lot of really cool experiences at Telluride. They have into the old town of Telluride, you can take gondolas back and forth. That's that's kind of how people get around up there is is via gondola. There's there's buses and shuttles and cars and stuff, but most everybody travels, you know, at least vacationers and people like us, tourists and stuff, travel back and forth through the gondola system and you just pay like a flat rate. They put credits on a card at least that's how they used to do it and uh you take these gondolas up and around the mountains and up to the resort and up to where the peaks hotel is and all that stuff so usually like you know like i said we we camp for about two weeks out in the middle of the wilderness out south of uray up in an, an area called ironton which is an old mining district uh we have some really cool spots up there that we camp 
and you see all sorts of stuff from deer to bear to all sorts of craziness up there. So we'll spend time there for about two weeks. And then, like I said, we, you know, we get tired of kind of being out and about and uh, dirty and gross and showerless. And so we get a room at the Peaks Hotel. So like I said, if you haven't checked it out, the Peaks in Telluride is amazing. So you ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Gosh, there was this one time we we were in Silverton, actually. Like I said, we spent a lot of time down there. My grandfather and all my family's from that area and have a lot of family history uh, with the railroad, like I said, with the Durango Silverton. So we spent a lot of time usually down in Silverton, and there's a little ice cream shop down there. I remember one time, um, I think it was our second year there, my brother-in-law had brought his lab with us, and we had just got ice cream, and there's this little like boardwalk right outside the ice cream shop. And all these people are sitting there eating their ice cream and, you know, all these tourists and there's all these trucks and bikes and motorcycles and side-by-sides and everything all parked there right in front. And his dog was on these like Lasix medications. And I swear to God, that dog could piss like a camel. And we came out with our ice cream outside of this, this shop. And I look over and there's these people that had just got their ice creams and they're sitting there minding their own business and his dog walks right up to them and just starts pissing. And he starts going so much that it's like a river down the sidewalk over into the, you know, over the curb into the gutter. And he just keeps going and going and going. And these people were just absolutely mortified. I mean, they were just like, oh, my God, get your dog out of here. But they were super nice. But it was, oh, my gosh, it was so crazy, like embarrassing. I don't know why that just stuck out in my head, but I'll never forget that. So yeah, we we have also camped down in the Durango area. There's a spot down there. I think it's called like Missionary Road or something or Missionary Springs Road. And we camped off that road one night on our way out of Colorado. And it was it was really it was funny. Um on our way, we, we went up there and kind of scouted around. We went up this road, really far up this road, and on the way up we saw a bear just run across the road and we're like, "Oh, okay, there's a bear up here. I mean, let's keep driving a little ways. Maybe we can find something a little ways away from him. So we kept going up this road. We get up and we find a spot and we're like, yeah, this will probably work. And so we get out to town and get, um, we get food. And on our way back, we saw another bear. And that night, my brother-in-law was like, hell no, I am not sleeping in a freaking tent out here in this, this mountain, um, with these bears running around. And so we were like, yeah, dude, whatever. You're such a chicken. Like we sleep out here in our rooftop tent all the time with bears and lions and tigers and you know, whatever. We're not scared. We're going to sleep in our tent, which we did. He was like, screw you. I'm putting my dog inside the cab of my truck and I'm sleeping in my truck. So (laughs) that's exactly what he did. And the next morning we wake up and he's taking his dog over the one that pissed all over the sidewalk in front of those poor people. He takes him over into the, 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 uh, forest to let him go to the bathroom and he disappears into the bushes real quick and comes out and he's got like a thigh bone of a cow that obviously had been mauled by a bear. 
or something close to that had to have been those bears. Um, and he brought it out and that thing, that bone, that hip bone or whatever it was, was about as big as his dog. And he was a full grown black lab. And uh, at that moment we were like, okay, man, (laughs) I apologize for giving you a hard time last night. We probably should have slept inside the uh, cab of our truck too last night because it was that was gnarly like oh my god um, we've had a couple instances where we have um, come across some pretty large animals out there one that sticks out in my mind was up in the Grand Canyon South Rim there's a road that you can take out to a dispersed camping area just just north of South Rim be- between the gate and uh, the little town there and uh Robin and I are actually on our own, um, like a date camping trip kind of thing. No kids, no nothing. And, and we, uh, we we're out trail running and, and looking at the canyon all day. And we came back and we didn't leave any lights on around our, our camp. We came back and I got out of the truck and let my dog out. Our dog was with us and she just like stops dead in her tracks and looks into the darkness, um, you know, right towards where our camp was set up. And I was like, oh my God, what, what in the heck is going on here? And, and just like seconds later, I heard this huge branch break and I was like, oh my God, we're going to get eaten alive. What is that? You know? And like, you know, the hair kind of stands up in the back of your neck. So I grabbed a flashlight, grabbed my gun, which I always, always, always carry with me. Um, and, um, you know, got that freaking, uh, street howitzer ready to go <laughs> and shine my flashlight over there. And uh, it was an insanely big elk. My God, I thought the thing was a moose at first. Just my initial instinct was, oh my God, that's a moose. And then I'm like, there's no moose up here. Um, So yeah, the elk there are absolutely enormous. That being said, one time we were driving away from the canyon down through that same area. My daughter was like, daddy, I just saw a moose Um, after that, that happened actually. And I was like, there is no way there is no moose out here. And uh, she's like, no, I swear I saw a moose. And um, a couple miles down the road, there was cars stopped because they were looking at something. And there was, you know, sure enough, these humongous elk uh, on the side of the road there. So we, we've come across some stuff. Not not too much. Not too many bears. I've got another story of uh, some a bear encounter that I had up in the Lake Tahoe area once. But I'll leave that for another podcast. Um, but yeah, that was crazy when, when, uh, when his dog came out of those, the bushes with that huge bone, we were like, Oh my God, that was nuts. But yeah, before I get away from, uh, Silverton area, if you go into Silverton, there's actually two really cool, um, places to look at. Um, one is the old hundred. It's an old mine that you can actually, uh, get tours inside of. Um, if you look through our Instagram page, you'll see, us riding this mining train car like ore cart thing into the mountain um and it's pretty cool i think it's like 16 bucks or something 20 bucks a person you go in and it was awesome they they operated all the air actuated equipment in there and um these dirt movers and drills and all you know ore movers and all this crazy stuff and it was like it was a really really neat experience uh for those of you guys that aren't claustrophobic i would i would definitely do that when you're up there and then there's another place that you can stop um by on the way to old hundred and it's called the mayflower mill and it's an old mill site and what was crazy about that mill was we it's like a self-guided tour it used to be at least maybe they shut it down i know i would think osha would have shut it down by now (laughs) well we went in there and we're like walking through this place it's just massive old mill for this gold mine 
And those of you that are familiar with mining equipment, there's like shaker tables, there's augers, there's um, sluices, there's all sorts of crazy uh, machinery and stuff in these mills and these gold processing, processing rooms. And my daughter walks up to this massive piece of equipment and like flips it on and the whole thing just turns on and it starts shaking I mean, like stuff you would see on like Bering Sea Gold or like Gold Rush, these massive, you know, shakers and stuff. Yeah, like she goes and turns on this trommel or this like auger thing and then turns on this huge shaker table. We come around the corner and she flips on this other thing. And these massive pieces of equipment that are like literally the size of my house, she's turning these things on. And I'm like, I mean, anybody could like turn these things on put your arm inside and get sucked into them and die. Like it was, it was gnarly. I could not believe that they allowed the the public to do that, but it was freaking cool though. So uh, if you, if you get a chance to go there, check it out and keep your kids close to you. (laughs) Uh, Cause it's gnarly, but had some people ask me, you know, about some lessons learned stuff while we're out there. So I figured, you know what, every, every podcast that I do this on my own and even the ones I do interviews of uh, or interviews on, I'm going to tell you guys about, you know, a lesson learned. And and the first one that I want to share with you guys is if you guys are out camping and, you know, you're overlanding doing what we do, um, any anything uh, camping related or, you know, out in your RV or, you know, whatever. One thing that I have learned doing this so much, and, and I'm talking, you know, there's the last couple of years we've camped 150 to 200 nights uh, a year. So we are out there a lot. We're not just a weekend warrior family. We, we're doing it for real. And one thing that I can say that we have learned is pack less stuff. You don't need to bring your entire house with you. And you know what? I know for me, I always want to be prepared and I always want to make sure I have, have the tool that I need or the item that I need. You know what? But you don't want to be hauling that stuff around, uh, you know, especially you got water, water, you know, I, I used to take a ton of water with us and water weighs 8.35 pounds per gallon. And that is heavy. That's a lot of weight to be carrying around with you on trails where you're at crazy angles and, you know, tipping your truck in certain weird angles and stuff. And, um, you don't want to be hauling that, that kind of stuff around if, if you're up trail riding with that gear, uh, on your rig or with you. Um, so I would say pack less stuff. You don't need everything that you think you do. But one thing that I found is super important, and especially in Colorado, is Benadryl for bug bites. Um, we have been bit by mosquitoes more in that area than anywhere we've ever been. Um, and it's kind of dependent on the season, too. There's there's other times we've been up there where it hasn't been too bad. Um, and other times it has. In the town of Uray, there's this rad public pool hot springs uh, resort that you can go to. And there's, you know, been a couple of years we've been there and there's been mosquitoes and there's other summers we've been there and it's been absolutely awesome. No mosquitoes at all. But if I would say, you know, one thing to bring, make sure you bring uh, bug bite cream, Benadryl or whatever you use. Um, and also one thing we picked up after our experiences up there, which really, really was awesome and made it way more pleasant was a mosquito tent that you can set up at your campsite to sit in and eat um, and hang out without being exposed to the bugs at night. Um, that was just a huge help and a, and a big morale booster. So, yeah, so that's kind of it about uh, Colorado. Um, if you guys uh, ever want to hear more about Colorado, um, please, you know, find me 
um, on Instagram or, um, you know, at one of our events, Trucks and Tacos coming up. We're going to be doing those again here now that COVID's out of here. If uh, if everything keeps going the way it is, um, we will be doing another one of those events. And I would love to talk shop with you guys. and I would love to tell you more about this stuff. We just have so many great experiences out, out there in Colorado and just too many to, to fit in a half hour. But anyways, that's all I got for you. Just a amazing, amazing place. Definitely experience Colorado, Silverton, Durango, Uray, Telluride, incredible places. So love you guys. Hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the week. And I can't wait to put more of these podcasts out for you. And uh, hopefully the next one uh, will be some better news for Bodie and, and us and we can move forward. And going to be setting up some really cool interviews um, with some friends who I'll leave unmentioned for now, but uh, some some people that all of you overlanding community know and you know well. It's going to be super awesome. I'm really excited to have them on the show. So thank you guys. We really appreciate all the sharing and uh, getting our podcast out there. Tell your friends, tell your families, and uh, we really appreciate it. Take care. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life. Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue, brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors. Every Monday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.